Shabbat Shalom to all the brave individuals who did, uh, uh, you know, attend the service this morning. It's like pretty sparse at the moment. But you know what? We're in the place of, of God this morning. Amen. So today, we're Gideon's army, right? We may look small today, but we're mighty, mighty in the spirit. So I mentioned earlier that to, today is a special Shabbat known as Shabbat Shekalim. It's the Shabbat of the holy half shekel. And if you noticed in the readings today, they were all about the contributions for either uh, in the Torah, it's for the giving of the Mishkan, but there was a special reading that we didn't do today for Shabbat Shekalim, which is last week, from the beginning of last week's Torah portion, which is the giving of the half shekel. And that's why it's called Shabbat Shekalim. And even the, the reading from the Haftarah, from the prophets, is about the contributions that went to the building of the temple. And then even our Brit Chadashah passage dealt with giving that happened in the temple at the time of Yeshua. This special Shabbat always precedes Purim, which begins in just another couple weeks, and describes how each adult male is required to contribute a biblical half shekel for the upkeep of the Mishkan, of the Tent of Meeting. Today's special additional reading, which is called the Maftir, is specifically for Shabbat Shekalim, and actually, as I mentioned, from last week's parashah, in which we read from Exodus 30, And Adonai spoke unto Moses, saying, When you take a census of the people of Israel and register them, each upon registration is to pay a ransom for his soul. It doesn't say it's just pay a ransom. It's a ransom for their soul. The reading describes a census of the Jewish people which was taken in the wilderness after we left Egypt. Since the Torah, here and in other places, teaches that it's forbidden to count Jews in the ordinary manner, the people were called to contribute a half shekel, which would then be counted. Do you understand? There's a two reason for the giving of the half shekel. The giving of the half shekel served a practical purpose by giving money in order towards the building of the, the... But if you need to take a census, since you can't count Jews, you have to count them in another way. And so they would count how many shekels, and that would tell them how many people within the age range gave of the half shekel. This contribution was to be given by rich and poor alike, the Torah tells us. This brought a leveling of all people. Everyone was worth the same. And in this particular context, a person who was rich could not give more, and a person who was poor could not give less in this particular context. Meaning, when it comes to counting, according to God, everybody counts, and everybody matters. According to Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch, the equal participation of all people also symbolized that all people must work together in achieving national goals by giving up one's own selfish personal interests for the sake of the nation. One who does so gains infinite benefit because the mission of Israel is dependent upon the unity of the whole. In order for the community to accomplish a particular objective, everyone had to participate and contribute. The giving of the half shekel was also associated with the matter of atonement that is achieved by participation in the half-shekel assessment. So, what does all of this have to do with Purim? Shabbat Shekalim recalls the time of Purim, 
which was also a time of divine scrutiny and judgment for the Jewish people. So the reading of this monetary contribution just before Purim describes the upkeep and preservation of the Jewish people and is meant to traditionally counter the large sum of money, Haman, boo, <laughs> intended to use to destroy the Jewish people. Therefore, the lesson of connecting the half shekel with Purim is that giving creates unity. It can also serve to accomplish a greater objective and is used to preserve and further a community. This is important. But there, we also know that there are different kinds of giving. The contribution of the holy half shekel was a one-time contribution for the building of the, the initial building of their tabernacle. But the Torah also speaks of other types of contributions. The primary one that most of us are familiar with is, of course, tithe, right? So the word tithe comes from the Hebrew word ma'aser, which means a tenth. And it's from the Hebrew word eser. Eser is ten, so ma'aser is a tenth. The idea of giving God a tenth, a tithe, dates back even before the time of the tabernacle or the temple. The clearest example is Abraham's giving of a tithe to Melchizedek all the way back in Genesis 14. There are some who argue that since there no longer is a temple or a temple system that we no longer need to tithe. Have you ever heard this before? It's one of the arguments against tithing. Well, there's no temple, and since tithing was supposed to be for the temple, then we don't necessarily need to tithe. However, Genesis 14 the passage in Genesis 14, as well as others, demonstrates that the idea of a tenth belonging to God predates Moses and the giving of the Torah and the building of the tabernacle by at least 800 to 1,000 years. So even at the time of Abraham, the idea of a tenth already existed and belonged to God. So in reality, tithing is a pre-Torah idea. Regarding the ma'aser, the tithe, the Torah states in Leviticus 27, and every tithe of the land, whether of the seed or of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto Hashem. And if a person's desire to redeem any of his tithe, he shall add to it one-fifth. And all the tithe of the herd and the flock, whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy unto the Lord." He shall not inquire whether it be a good one or a bad one, neither shall he change it. And if he changes it at all, then both the initial one and the one which was exchanged shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel on Mount Sinai. This passage from Leviticus, as well as others, makes clear that out of everything we gather and bring in, a tenth of it belongs to God. The concept of a tithe is really that all of it belongs to God, but since all of it belongs to God, we just sort of give a little bit back to him. The tithe represents the whole. It is the part which we give which acknowledges that the whole thing is God's. But the Torah also describes other types of giving, including offerings that accompanied or were given in lieu of certain sacrifices. And then there were also free will offerings and contributions. These were completely voluntary. And these were all above and beyond the tithe and were also considered a form of worship. Tithes and offerings were a regular part of the worship brought before the Lord, just like the sacrifices were. 
The tithes and the offerings served the purpose of providing for the infrastructure of the tabernacle and later of the temple, providing for the operation and upkeep and as a provision for the priests and the Levites who served within the sanctuary. In the Torah, particularly in Exodus 25, in Parashat Rumah, also describes that when construction of the tabernacle began, everyone contributed to its construction. In fact, that Torah portion, Parashat Rumah, begins, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Tell the children of Israel to take up a collection for me, accept a contribution from anyone who wholeheartedly wants to give. Here and elsewhere, we find support for giving to Hashem with proper kavanah, with proper intent, and with cheer. We have all heard the idea that God loves a cheerful giver, right? So there was once a father who was trying to teach his son about tzedakah, about giving to God. And so he gave him a quarter, and he gave him a penny. And the child was old enough to know the difference between the quarter and the penny. And he said, I want to trust that when it comes time to give, that you will give the one that you think is the most valuable to God, but you'll do it with the most cheerful attitude. So when it came time to give the tzedakah, the son looked at the penny, and he looked at the quarter, and he put in the penny, right? <laughs> because, and so when his father asked him about it, he said, well, I knew that I could more cheerfully give the penny than I could the quarter. <laughs> it's not exactly the way we're supposed to give. The Brich Hadashah in Mark teaches that it is not about the amount that we give, but our kavanah in doing so. In Mark chapter 12, we read, Then Yeshua sat down opposite the temple treasury and watched the crowd as they put money into the offering boxes. Many rich people put in large sums, but there was a poor widow who came and put in two small coins. He called his Talmudim to him and said to them, Yes, I tell you that this poor widow who put more in the offering box than all the others making a donation... For all of them out of their wealth have contributed money that they could easily spare. But she, out of her poverty, has given everything that she had to live on. This is a woman who gave on faith. This woman trusted that in supporting the temple and by being obedient to Hashem, that God would meet her needs. I realize that some of you may not currently be in a financial situation where we can always tithe our whole 10%. It's not that we shouldn't do it, but I also understand. But everyone can give something, even if it is just a dollar. Because as the story of the widow points out, it is not about, about the amount that one contributes, but the intention behind it. The widow who gave in the parable gave out of faith and obedience. And for her, it was a bigger stretch to give that than the people who gave large sums. Giving is all about, also, not only about faithfulness, spiritual discipline, or supporting the larger whole, but it is about individual integrity and self-worth. The Maftir, that special reading that, we, that was read in synagogues today because of Shabbat Sheftalim, it begins with the instructions, Kitisa edrosh b'nei Yisrael, take a census of the people of Israel. Although we often translate this term 
kitisa et rosh, as take a census, it literally means lift or raise up the head. The point was to elevate each person, to raise up their heads with dignity and respect. When everyone participates and gives towards the upkeep of the community, everyone has a sense of ownership and value in the place. Also, when everyone participates, there are no freeloaders, right? And there's no guilt of feeling, you know what, like I show up here and I don't do anything. Like when everybody is involved, everything functions. As a people, we have, as a people, we had been slaves for over a generation. We had just escaped Egypt and were led into the desert, starving and hungry. And God instructed Moshe, lift up the heads of the people of Israel, for they are my own special treasure, my people whom I have called. God clearly instructed that if we would follow his mitzvot, that we would be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Even in the most mundane of tasks, like a census, it is possible to infuse each moment with holiness and to see the divine reflection in each other. As a congregation, it is our job to lift up the head of each other. It is your job to be safe places for one another, to be careful of being truthful for one, uh, to be truthful but not hurtful, to provide counsel without ridicule, to encourage without nagging, and to support one another. Shabbat Shekalim, and our discussion about the giving of the holy half shekel is a lesson in generosity and stewardship. It is a reminder that giving creates unity because giving can serve to accomplish a greater purpose. Giving gives us a sense of dignity and a sense of belonging and ownership. And finally, giving can serve to take care of and to propel a community into the future. Giving unto Hashem is not a matter of guilt or manipulation. I hate when I see that. But rather, it is a part of our worship. Your giving is also not only an act of faith, but practically supports the work of our synagogue and all the outreach that happens as a result, including the causes that we support as a community, support for Israel, support for homelessness and those facing financial hardship, our fight to end violence, our support of Holocaust survivors, and our increased efforts to reach our people and the world with the message of Yeshua. But generosity and stewardship is also not limited to our finances. Giving is also a matter of time and talents. There are other ways in addition to financial contributions that you can make a difference in this community. By serving on an Oneg team, volunteering to serve as a greeter, to helping with our Shabbat school program and helping to reach an outreach to young families, running sound or PowerPoint, everything is holy and everything matters. When Karen was giving her homily, she mentioned that we can't think that just our little brick can build a whole building, but you can't have a building without each and every brick. It takes each one of us being willing to give our brick in order for a building to come into fruition. It's easy to think that I can just show up and just watch, and, how, and somehow that's good enough. It's not. Because this is really our synagogue. Did you know that there's not a single person in our synagogue, including me, that is a full-time employee? Even I'm not full-time. I'm technically only three-quarter time. 
So in order to do everything that we do, it, it really requires all of us to step up and to serve because we're not just serving God, we're serving one another. This is your community. So help support it through your time, your talents, and your finances. As Shabbat Shekalim teaches us, we can only do this together. We cannot rely on only the generosity of a few. We each have to do our part to propel our congregation to grow and become more healthy and vibrant. I don't know about you, but I want to see this place bust at the seams, teeming with people who are growing closer to God and closer to one another. I want to see healthy individuals and families, a community of various ages and experiences who each together bring contributions to our community. Because you have something that I don't. You have something that I don't. You have something that I don't. You have something that the rest of us don't. Each one of us has something that this community needs. Sometimes it's just figuring it out, figuring out what it is. So if you share that vision, then in addition to your giving, which is important, let's together find how to best utilize your passion, talents, and skills to grow our synagogue and prepare the world for the return of Mashiach. Avinu Shabashamayim, our Father in heaven. I come to you on this day in which we're talking about building and what it takes in order to build these great projects. And we learn through the Torah that every single person had to participate. And not only did everybody give, but everybody had a role and everybody had a purpose. And the reason why God made sure that everybody had a role was to lift their heads, to give dignity that what I'm doing isn't the result of somebody else, but it's the result of what I've put into it with my own blood, sweat, and tears. God, some of us have been around this community long enough to know that. For me, it gives me great pride in knowing that one of my stones <laughs> that I gave is on this back wall. And for many of us that we see and we find value in the fact that we have a role and we participate in the upkeep of our community because every little bit matters. Yes, my stone on the back wall was just a stone 11 or 12 years ago when we built it. But without the rest of the stones, we wouldn't have this beautiful wall around the ark. God, build us into the purpose that you want us to be. Build us into a temple for the ruach, for the spirit to dwell in. Help us to be a lighthouse for those who need vision and purpose. I know that you have great things. Not only have you had great things in store in the past, but you have great things and sometimes even greater things ahead. If we're, will, if we're willing to be faithful. Thank you, God, for not only what you've done within us, for sustaining us and helping us reach this season, but also for what you want to do in the future as we build a place for your presence to dwell. As it says, and I quoted from Parashat Ruma earlier, but it also says in Parashat Ruma, by a Build, build for me a dwelling place so that I may dwell among them. We translate it often so that we can dwell in them, 
but it doesn't say in it. God doesn't say, do these things so that I can dwell in it, in the actual temple. It says, that I may dwell in them, dwell among the people. The tabernacle was just a means of uniting the people and bringing them together to serve the living God. And that's what we're doing here. That Bethamunah is more than a building. It's more than a person. It's all of us as a community who are building a place for the presence of God to dwell and to fill this world. We come here so that we can leave these four walls and go out about to do the holiest work that we do during the week. Help us to serve you with joy and gladness. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Please rise as we seal all that we've been discussing today in our service with the words of the Elenu.